Welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by Integrity Life. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that life is unpredictable, which is why you need to work with a partner that's flexible and loves to collaborate, one that will personalize the claims experience for your clients, one with a balanced approach to underwriting, and one with a competitive and sustainable pricing. Integrity, your partner for life. If you want to learn more about how Integrity is your partner for life, head to integritylife.com.au forward slash xy. Hello and thanks for joining us on the XY Advisor podcast. I am Fraser Jack, your host, and sitting here today with high performance coach Vanessa Bennett. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you very much, Fraser. Great to be here. Well, when I say sitting here, we're we're still doing the Zoom thing at the moment. You're in Sydney, I'm in the Gold Coast. Exactly, that's right. But how lucky are we that this pandemic didn't happen 15 years ago? I think professional and financial services would have been quite possibly decimated if that was the case. Gee, so. Imagine if it happened 15 years ago, we probably wouldn't know anything about it. We'd probably just go on oblivious and, and not even realise and, and not shut anything down. Exactly, that's right. Whereas now, you know, we're very blessed to be in the position where we've got, you know, video conferencing and everyone's learning how to use it. It's really a great time. Absolutely. Now, Vanessa, I know you've been on the XY podcast, uh, XY Advisor podcast before, but uh, tell us, do you want to start again with just give us a bit of an overview of your business and, and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we are high performance coaches and we work with many different types of people. I probably have my main focus on financial services and professional services uh, for my client base. And, um, and we're helping them with everything to do with maximizing their energy for performance. So cognitive energy or you know mental energy is something that it can be maximized and people really need to understand a little bit more how to do that so that we can increase productivity, we can increase profitability, um, increase, I don't really like the word resilience. Resilience is kind of like bad stuff happens, let's just bounce back. Whereas I like to think about this, you know, beyond resilience, which is, you know, suboptimal things happen, let's work out how we can thrive out of that. Um, And so really taking people's mindset to the next level. So as you can imagine, especially when the pandemic hit, um, we had probably two main focuses. We were helping people, I guess, kind of lead teams virtually. Working from home was a bit different for a lot of people. Um, And so helping people to lead teams virtually, helping people to lead others to feel psychologically safe. There was a lot of uncertainty, um, especially back in, say, March when all of this happened um, last year. So it's been really great to kind of help people with their psychological safety, help people with leadership skills, and that can be by influence as well. Um, So leading others, we've done a lot of work with people around the mindset space, Um, but very much, you know, like sort of maintaining that mental health. But very much focusing on the productivity piece as well. You know, it, it's really important to maximise your cognitive energy and be productive at the best of times, let alone when you've got all this going on and you need to kind of adapt that productivity to a working from home environment. You know, we only have like, say, four hours of heavy cognitive energy that we can really use efficiently during the day 
you can tone it up to six hours, but you know, let's err on the side of caution and assume we have four hours. Um, and so we've really been helping people and teams, you know, people fall, fall into the trap of, oh, well, I'm at home. I can just kind of like keep working and keep working and keep working. And it's not necessarily that productive. So it's, we, we've seen a lot of people, um, if they haven't done that well, you know, sort of like look at this working from home burnout, spending eight hours a day on Zoom can be a little draining and there's a whole bunch of neuroscience behind that. So yeah, so very much between this product Productivity, mental health, mental fitness side of things, that's really been a big, a big focus for us during the pandemic. Wow, you've been in- incredibly busy. And I love the, uh, love the way you said, um, well, you mentioned bounce back. And actually, I, it reminds me, I think it was Sam Cawthorn that might have um, coined the phrase bouncing forward. Have you right, heard of that? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, instead of yeah, bouncing like back, that. no one wants yeah. to bounce back to where they were. Where it, the, the idea is to bounce forward into something even better. Mm. Yeah, so exactly. I, I love that. Now you mentioned um, men- mental fitness um, and cognitive fitness, and and that's something I think you spoke to on the last episode of the podcast that you recorded. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think to me that sort of goes hand in hand with you know uh, financial fitness and and business fitness, um, and so th- those sort of th- three things need to go together from a financial advisor's point of view. Um, what they're bringing to the table with regards to their clients and helping their clients through financial fitness, um, and. We'll go into the cognitive energy thing in a minute, but um, I, I really resonate with what you said around safety because I, I think that's a that's a big part of it as well, isn't it? It's so true. You know, we were we were giving energy credits to things that we've never had to give energy credits to. So we talk about this like cognitive energy being currency, and so it's not really a time thing; it's more of a cognitive energy thing. And um, and you know, when it all first started, people were giving energy credits to where's my next roll of toilet paper coming from? Well, you know, so <laughs> it's hard enough, you know, when your staff are turning up to work and people are worried about homeschooling and how are they going to um how they're going to homeschool a lot of financial advisors clients were probably worried about maybe their jobs and things like that so there was a lot of uncertainty out there and um and kudos to people down in victoria you know they did it really tough with a a lockdown for a long time and like i don't have kids but that whole homeschooling thing looks really hard (laughs) so (laughs) we were doing a lot of work around helping people you know to sort of stagger you know how they how they work um with their family unit to still get stuff done while you've got to, you know, focus on homeschooling as well. So, yeah, so people were uncertain about a lot of things. And when people are giving a lot of energy to being uncertain, they're not giving the energy to getting the work done. So it's really important to help people feel psychologically safe. And there's a few different kind of angles to that psychological safety. And, um, you know, one of our hot buttons on psychological safety is this relatedness. Um, And so for a lot of people working from home, they were missing a lot of that connectedness from being together, you know, working in an office together. So there was a bit of that. And then there was um, another hot button that some people have more than others is this craving for certainty. And so if that's something that's a hot button for you that um, that you can feel really unsafe without that, um, you know, we needed to look after those people as well. So helping leaders to understand what psychological safety is and the impact that it has on the business when it's not there. And if you ignore it, um, unfortunately, it's working to the detriment. So it's something that you really want to bring to the fore. Yeah, I imagine that, I imagine that can be really detrimental, take a lot of um, productivity out of a business. Do you have any stats or anything like that around what that might do to a business, that, um, that negative, um, you know, people spending that time feeling unsafe? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we think about it in terms of, say, cognitive energy. So say you've got, um, we, we kind of look at it from this idea of if, if all is going well and you've got the right mindset and you're using your cognitive energy effectively, you should have about 100 energy credits in a day. Now, if you are giving energy credits to other things that are not necessarily that productive, then that's kind of like taking away. So imagine like 100 energy credits is basically your level of like, optimal profitability or optimal productivity. Now, if you're giving 10 to 20 energy credits worrying about toilet paper and homeschooling, probably even more, I would imagine if I was homeschooling, I'd be giving a lot of energy credits to that. <laughs> I'd be really worried. Um, then, um, you know, that's energy credits that's not coming into the business and being productive. So we often say, you know, as a rough rule of thumb, generally, even before a pandemic, you know, a lot of advisors are always like, I need more staff. I need more staff. I'm, we're so busy. And it's like, no, in a lot of cases, you just just need the staff that you do have to come to work with 100 energy credits instead of on average say 60 energy credits and spend those energy credits wisely so think about it from a relative point of view if you've got 60 energy credits you're 60 percent as profitable as you could be if you've got 80 energy credits then you're 80 percent of the profitability that you could be so we tend to sort of look at it like that in terms of in terms of relativities but it can certainly make a big difference i mean i was working with a practice a few years ago and um and the business had uh, nine people in it. There were two people who weren't really fitted for that role and it was creating negativity around um, other people. So that was draining their energy credits and they weren't putting that into doing the work. So really interestingly, these two people ended up leaving and other people were able to step up and sort of restructure who was doing what role. And interestingly enough, so that firstly saved $250,000 a year in salary just from those two people leaving. It then meant that the rainmaker of the business was able to actually go out and, and get more business and everyone else was doing their job without having to be, you know, um, constantly held accountable by the leader and all of this kind of thing. Um, and profitability ended up increasing by about uh, 50% a month. So you've got $250,000 a year that you're saving on salaries. You've got uh, an extra 50% in profitability a month. Well, that's that, that could be up to seven figures over the course of a few years just by getting the people aspect right and making sure that people are using their energy credits in the right way. So it's certainly it's certainly tangible figures. Yeah, it's really interesting. I love the way you put it in energy credits and, and by making it, a, a you know, 100 credits, it's really easy and tangible to grasp hold of and, and, and turn around and start looking at things like, um, you know, where are you spending all your energy credits? And, 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 you know, if I looked at your, where do you want to spend all your energy credits? And if I looked at your diary, does that, could I reflect where you want to start spending them? That's such a great point, Fraser, exactly. So, you know, we talk about this concept of context, which is what, what's your context right now? So for some people, it might be consolidation in the business. For some people, it might be growing the business. Um, there can be all sorts of things. So it's really interesting to make sure that you're matching what you're doing in your diary is actually reflecting that context because often we can sort of, you know, get caught in the nuts and bolts and the weeds um, of the business. And yeah. so it's really important to make sure that you're focusing your energy credits in a way that is congruent with your goals. And so many times we find that, you know, leaders in the business especially, they're, they're, they're busy managing staff and, and 
the leadership angle is not something that they necessarily want to do as their full-time job. And and obviously, you know, they, they wanted to be a good financial planner and next thing you know, they've got lots of staff and it's like, oh, what do I do with them? Um, and so we're also seeing um, a lot of work required to be done in the accountability space. You know, a lot of energy credits are going. It's really interesting when I when I do this um, question with advisors and I do sort of like an example of, okay, here's a scenario. It could be a common scenario of someone was waiting on information from someone, they were waiting on information from someone else and it had to go to a client. Someone let the chain down, you know, who's accountable. And it's really interesting that so many advisors would say, oh, well, I'm accountable because I'm the buck stops with me. And I love that that's very noble to do that, but that's a lot of energy credit spending on trying to understand has every bit of, you know, bit of paper been put in the right spot? Is anything falling through the cracks? And so while they're spending a lot of energy credits doing that in the day-to-day, they're not spending in as many energy credits as they could going out, getting new business, um, being really present with existing clients, all of that kind of thing. And so by coaching accountability um, and just, I, I like to call it like leadership for people who don't have time to lead, you know, <laughs> so if we can set up some really good frameworks and have great accountability there, it saves people so many energy credits to do that. And and you need psychological safety for accountability because we need to make sure that people can say, yes, that's going to be done and it will get done. And if there's an issue, talk about it before the deadline and make sure that that gets done because like, honestly, the amount of advisors that I'm speaking with, especially over the pandemic, when people are like, they can't see the people working exactly beside them. Everyone's like, so many of them are worried about, are things falling through the cracks? And am I on top of things? And it's like, well, we need to coach people so that they don't have to be in that position. Yeah, I'm really intrigued with the way you um, mentioned being congruent with goals. I think that's that's also a very big part of this accountability conversation because, um, you know, to have to have those goal outcomes clearly stated and defined and 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 people congruent with the outcomes that are going to be created with the goals. Sometimes that is all the accountability you may need. And does yeah, that does right. that also? Um, I'm thinking that probably that probably well doesn't use any uh, a lot of your 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 energy credits if you're congruent with a goal and you're working towards the goal but can it actually replenish some of them if you're excited about the outcomes and you achieve those goals and you get that extra sort of energy that's a really great point yes we can replenish energy and that's the trick you know that we 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 like to think of energy credits as like a budgetary situation so it's like if we want more money, we got two choices. And assuming there's no borrowing margin lending facility of any variety, um, we can earn more or we can spend less. And it's the same thing with energy credits. So we need to understand how to spend less of them unnecessarily. So many people just give away energy credits, whether it's a lack of psychological safety, a lack of direction, a lack of clear goals, a lack of not knowing what they're supposed to be working on. Um, so many people just, and negativity, don't even get me started on negativity. That's a whole other blog <laughs> and a whole other podcast. Um, but it's it's around this idea of we need to stop the leak, like stop just giving away money, we've got to do the same thing with energy credits. We need to stop giving away energy credits unnecessarily and we can certainly replenish them. So when people know how to replenish their energy and different things will, um, that will that will be different things for different people and in different ways. Um, but you're right, if we're trying to work in a way that's not congruent with our goals, that takes a bucket load of energy. Yep. Now, um, I'm, I'm thinking from the from the concept, you mentioned sort of you want staff to come to work with 100 um, sort of energy credits. 
How does that go when they've got sort of like a home life of getting the kids up and getting them to school and running around and then trying to get to work on time, or whatever it might be, or even working? Because um, because I would imagine pretty much everyone's got other stuff they've got to do outside of work. So how do you juggle those two? Yeah, that's a really great point. And you know, we've got we've got kids running around that we've got to you know deal with and and deal with all the house side of things. Um, there's a lot of advisors, I guess, over this time that have been studying as well. So there's certainly some energy credits going to that. So it's about making sure that you've got that budget ready for that. So if you've got 100 energy credits in a day, yes, not all of them are going to go into work, and and it's up to you. There's no correct allocation for your level of balance. I've got some people who are completely balanced spending 90 energy credits at work. I've got other people who are completely balanced when they spend 50 energy credits at work, but it's it's how you use them and, and how you use them well. So yes, we do have other things going on. I think one of the things to really think about there though is this is not something that we just want to be able to manage during our work situation. Energy credits is something that we need to be very mindful of outside of work. So who we hang around with, who's in our circle, who we spend time with, um, the way that we are accountable outside of work is very much like I've never met anyone who was um, completely not accountable in their life and then all of a sudden magic, magically switched it on the second they turned up at work. <laughs> so it's about using this kind of model for all aspects of your life. Um, you know, quite often my, my husband will joke, he'll be like, he'll say, oh, can we talk about, you know, the energy and should we, should we be changing providers on our energy bill? And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I, and he just looks at me and goes, you didn't save any energy credits for that today, did you? I said, no, but we can talk about that tomorrow and I'll promise I'll save you some energy credits for that. I'll stick that, I'll stick that in tomorrow's budget. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So it's kind of like, no, and, and it's really good. Like we encourage when we're doing one-to-one coaching programs with people, we encourage people to get on the same page with their partners because it's like, um, you know, I know say my husband and I, like we both really love working. So if one of us only wanted to spend 40 energy credits at work and was expecting to have the other one for another 60 energy credits and and, and the other person was the complete opposite, Um it, it, it's like that's a conversation that needs to be had you know one the other person needs to go find a hobby right like <laughs> so <laughs> so it's really good to get on the same page with people in your circle as to where we're kind of looking to spend our energy credits both inside of work and outside of work and how do we um how do we kind of minimize like I mean I've got a lot of clients and, and I did this myself my my assistant um doesn't just look after things inside of work for me, you know, she's booking a lot of like making a lot of appointments for, thing, for appointments outside of work. And we got a lot of our clients to get people to do the same because there's a lot of kind of that sort of personal admin, I guess, that can take a lot of energy credits for some people. For some people, it's not energy draining at all, in which case keep doing it. That's totally fine. But for some people, if that is energy draining for them, you know, look at every facet of your life as to where you can save energy credits. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. I want to, um, go through the idea of recharging energy credits because I like the idea of earning more, not spending, spending less. Um, t- <laughs> t- tell me the, uh, t- talk, let's talk about recharging. Like, I mean, to me, it's around doing things that, um, and it will depend on each person, right? If they're an introvert, they might actually just some alone time reading a book might be the perfect way to recharge. Um, other people that might be spending time with friends and, and having, you know, fun times. Can you, can you, let's talk about recharging. What, what yeah. and how and when and all those things. Is it just sleep or is it daytime as well? 
Well, sleep is a big part of it, I must say. <laughs> so um, there, there is a great book which kind of sums a lot of the neuroscience up in a nutshell called um, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, sleep is so, so important. It's like there's studies done now that, you know, if you're not getting enough sleep, like basically Alzheimer's is your destination, it's it's awful you know and so and and not to mention that we're talking um so that's a that's a cognitive issue we've got cardiovascular disease men, um depression anxiety diabetes obesity all of these kind of things are far more prevalent and you are in a much higher risk if you're not getting enough sleep and quality of sleep as well and working to your biorhythm. So different people are just wired to work at different times of the day, you know, and I, and I really hate when I see all these things of like, oh yeah, you know, it's all, all these high performers of morning people and they all get up and they run a half marathon and do yoga and take the kids to school by 7.30 and then they meditate for an hour and it's just like, oh, give me a break. Um, there's actually a lot of evidence now that if you try to work with biorhythms that aren't naturally yours, you're not actually getting the quality of sleep that you think you are. And if you're not getting that quality of sleep, the brain's not repairing like it should, in which case then you've got all the high risk factors for these kind of things. So sleep is absolutely super important. And again, I could go on for like an hour on that one, but I'll spare you. But I just, I do want to go a little bit deeper on sleep. Um, Oh. Excuse the pun, deeper on sleep. Um, because there is, as you mentioned, the biorhythms, there is that deep sleep moment um, where you sort of get to go through light sleep and you get down to deep sleep. And is it about an hour and a half, those sort of those rhythms? Is that is that correct? Hmm. That's right. Yeah. So you go in, you go with these rhythms throughout the evening, um, throughout the night and certain, um, uh, certain cycles are more prone to certain repairs in the, in the brain than others. So if you try to move your natural biorhythms, even like by an hour and a half, you might find that you're actually out on that and you're missing one of those cycles, which is repairing the brain. Um, and so we need to make sure that you're actually getting those cycles in yep. that way. So, so the seven and a um, half hours sleep or nine hours sleep is the sort of the two things. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So it, it's kind of, and again, it, it's different for different people. So, um, some people generally speaking around about eight hours is sort of, is good to aim for. Some people need a bit more. Some people are okay with a bit less, um, but the people who think they're fine on sort of that, you know, four to six hours, um, no. No, you, there, there, there is one gene which it's possible that people have that means that they only need like four hours of sleep a night. Um, but you have more chance of being struck by lightning than you do of having that gene. So it's probably best to err on the side of caution yeah. if you don't have that gene. <laughs> yeah, maybe you get that gene after you're struck by lightning. Um, and the next, <laughs> maybe you the, do. the next thing I wanted to ask about sleep, and, and, and if you listen to this podcast and you're driving, stay awake, please. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, the next thing I want to ask you was the uh, the the midday nana nap. You know, like the uh, the the siesta. Or, um, some countries love their siesta. Other people do the power nap. At, you know, after lunch, um, you know, have some food. Their their energy levels drop, so they have a quick power nap, and then boom, they're into the afternoon. What do you think of that idea? Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's kind of horses for courses on this one. So some people swear by it and they love it. The trick is with a nap is don't make it too long, like no more than about sort of twenty to twenty five minutes. So a bit of a power nap. Um, I think. It so was, this is just the, the light sleep part. You don't go into the deep sleep part. No, that's right. Exactly, exactly. So just a little light sleep, just to kind of recharge the batteries. That can actually work quite well. So um, so if that's something that works, then you know by all means do that. If there's something, if for some people that's not necessarily what they need, um, in which case 
pace, just kind of keep going. Other people do it differently. Um, like I find that like I really like exercise in the middle of the day. I'm actually quite like really, you know, super, supercharged productive in the afternoons. Um, and so I find that if I do exercise at lunchtime, then I've kind of like used my downtime effectively because I'm not overly productive sort of over that kind of, you know, 11 to 12 sort of kind of time slot. Um you know, sort of sometimes to one. And so I use the exercise and, and the exercise releases all these great, um, great hormones and neurotransmitters. Um, and exercise makes you smarter. Exercise is actually really good for a process called neurogenesis, which is the production of new neurons. So if you're looking to create new neural pathways and you're looking to improve your mental fitness, it's a great way to make sure that you are continually producing those new neurons. So, um, so that, that can be another way to recharge. So for some people it's sleep, for some people it's, it's exercise, but it's about, it's a matter of finding what, what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I think my most uh, energetic time is in the morning, but it's generally after I've had my first coffee. So it's kind of like uh, I get up in the morning, I have a glass of water, I might do some, do a walk or some exercise get to work uh, or come into my little office, have a coffee and then boom, I'm on like the, the coffee, the caffeine kicks in. What, what do you think of the caffeine idea? Yeah. You know what? Caffeine gets a bad rap. Um, caffeine's not too bad. Caffeine is actually also something that uh, promotes neurogenesis as well. Um, but the only thing with caffeine is that if it interrupts your sleep. And so I'm a big believer if you're going to have your caffeine, have, you know, maybe one or two cups sometime in the morning. Um, and then, again, depending on the person, because no two brains are created the same, um, on average, you probably want to allow about seven hours before you go to bed. So kind of work backwards, like whatever your biorhythms are in terms of going to bed, make sure that you're sort of probably caffeine free during that time. But, you know, a couple of a couple of cups of coffee in the morning or even to early afternoon, you know, for people who are more late night and later to rise and whatnot, and they're getting really productive in the afternoon, um, even early afternoon for a bit of caffeine is, is not really that much of a problem. You know, I'm not advocating 10 cups a day, but, you know, one, two cups a day. And at the time to write, um, it can really help with your focus and also helps with neurogenesis. Good. Um, you made me feel better about my coffee addiction, which is only in the morning, <laughs> by the way, which is exactly right, in the morning and then nothing in the afternoon. Um, the, the neurogenesis piece is really interesting to me. This obviously uh, in layperson terms, that is, you know, you're producing new brain cells. Uh, let's, let's go with that. But also the neuroplasticity piece where you're actually creating new uh, habits. And, and to me, when I think of neuroplasticity, I think of the idea of a um, – a GPS maps or a book of maps where you're actually, you know, there are some main roads and there are some back streets. And what we're doing with neuroplasticity is we're turning some of the back streets into main roads uh, and changing some behaviors, long-term behaviors over time. Uh, that's also something you work with, isn't it? Yes, we do a lot of work around that. And I love that analogy of main roads and back streets. I might steal that if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Help that. it's, yeah, it's it's out there in the public now, so it's everybody's. Everyone can Thank use you. It. I love that. I love that. So, yeah, so I guess kind of just take that analogy further then. That's just um, that's just kind of tweaked my, my train of thought. Um, generally speaking, like neuroplasticity is going to happen. So let's just take a step back and work out what it is, okay? So neuroplasticity is literally brain cells – talking to each other and the brain cells that talk to each other in a certain way get stronger and the ones that we don't use so much they don't get stronger and and they just they just get weaker because the brain is wired for defense 
in most cases, if you don't understand neuroplasticity and if you don't know how to work with it and make it work for you, it's going to become an enemy. Okay, so it's kind of like, oh, I don't really need to know about that neuroplasticity. It sounds too hard and I'm doing okay without it. It's like, no, you kind of do, you know. <laughs> and I always joke, I used to say that I worked in financial services for many years. My dad's a chartered accountant. I, he, he taught me compound interest before he taught me to spell my name. I know. So I used to always say, look, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Now I'm going, nope, I'm bumping compound interest to number nine. And I'm bumping up neuroplasticity to number eight. Oh, if only so Einstein could see you now. <laughs> I know, right? Don't tell my dad. Um, and so what happens is, to go back to that analogy of the main road, our brains are wired for defense. Our brains aren't actually wired to do anything amazing, really, other than kind of keep us alive. And so what happens is, over time, over time, over time, the main roads that we use in our wiring are the ones where we're just kind of survival driven and it's not necessarily to do amazing things it's just like okay you know let's just get things done and and to make things worse it can actually go more into negativity because negativity breeds a lot more quickly than I don't like to call it so much positive thinking but say helpful thinking okay so um so unfortunately if you're not on top of what neuroplasticity is and how to do what we call self-directed neuroplasticity, which is you actually pretty much training your brain. It's like going to the gym and training your body physically. All right. That's how we get stronger muscles the way that we want to do them. Okay. Unfortunately, strong muscles don't happen by osmosis sitting on the couch. It'd be so good if they did, but it doesn't. And it's the same thing with our brains. So those backstreet um, bits of wiring, they could be all the things that we need to really fire up to achieve our goals or to be more productive, to think in a more helpful way. I put a video on LinkedIn not that long ago around helpful thinking versus positive thinking. Okay, positive thinking, it's like if it's a really bad situation and you're just going, oh, yeah, it's all amazing and you don't really believe it, that's actually detrimental. So we want to be more helpful. It's like, hmm, okay, we're in a pandemic. All right, let's think about this in a bit of a different way. How can we how can we think in a more helpful way to achieve our goals? Okay. And so that backstreet wiring is generally not your default wiring. So what we need to do is under self-directed neuroplasticity is going, hmm, backstreet wiring, let's give more focus to that. So let's exercise some self-directed neuroplasticity to make that the main road. Yeah, let's turn that into a highway. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Let's turn those back roads into a highway. It's really interesting what you say about the the default going to safety and security and and the the and the fear and flight and fight and flight type uh, response. And I also this is kind of how trust is developed too, isn't it? Trust is also a neuroplasticity process because you know you meet somebody and let's say you meet them in person and you shake their hand or something like that. You're getting inside their personal space. And they didn't kill you, so therefore you, trust starts to develop, right? And that's the first little connection. One, they didn't kill you, and then after a while, when you see them again and again, and and only good things happen, then you start getting that that trust build. Yeah, it's so true because um, our neural wiring is basically the sum of our experiences. So you know, if we were to shake someone's hand and they did kill us, we'd probably be a little more reticent to shake hands with the next human that kind of tried to do that. So it's not a bad thing. It's it's like it's just the sum of our experiences, but often that becomes our truth, and it's not necessarily true. 
And so we want to make sure that people are um, having that wiring and having those belief systems that serve that goal. Yep. So you're right. It's like if we can make sure that we're, we're training our brain so it's like, oh, that was a good thing. Okay, that was a good experience. Let's work with that. Um, and so part of this self-directed neuroplasticity is making a conscious effort to look for evidence to prove the belief systems true that we need to have that are aligned with our goals. Um, our, and this is quite, an, um, uh, quite a tricky way to explain it, but basically if we see something that's not aligned with our beliefs, we, we want to have our belief system confirmed true, even if it doesn't serve our goals, bizarrely enough. So what happens is in the brain, if something challenges our belief system, then it, it, it activates a part of the brain called the negative effect system and so we don't feel good and we get the knot in the stomach or the jaw gets clenched or whatever and we don't feel good and so then what happens is our brain wants to go into this rationalization mode so that we go hang on if I can rationalize that my belief is true then I feel better and then we get this big hit of dopamine and then we activate the brain's reward system so confirming our belief system's true it's actually a double reinforcement effect we've got the negative effect system doesn't feel good and then we want to override that with the reward system so the way the brain functions if you know if you understand that and you can try to override that and be open to learning differently um, and be open to possibility that there's different ways of doing things and different ways of thinking and and think about changing your belief so that you can have higher levels of goals that's um that's pretty powerful stuff absolutely and and on the flip side of that it could also be our bias mm, yeah so, exactly that's yeah. right mm-hmm. fantastic now now i know you work with um people in, in different ways you, you mentioned before you sort of do one-on-one coaching with businesses and um and i'm thinking that in my brain i might i might be uh uh, might be my bias here, um, but that's sort of more larger businesses and, and, and smaller businesses. I know you do, I know you do um, presentations on stage. I've seen you speak at conferences, those sorts of things, um, keynote, keynote speeches. But you also do, um, you also have a course available for, um, for advisors. Do you want to talk to us about um, putting that together and, and, and how you went about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was something that we were kind of thinking around for a little while. Um, and interestingly enough, I mean, we, we work with businesses of all sizes. So, um, so quite often, and it's interesting because often if businesses are small, if we can get in there and, and set up really good foundations and really good culture and really good ways of hiring people, we can save people seven figures of money on salaries over the longer term um, by hiring the right people, getting the right people in there, um, getting the right culture set up, all of these kind of things. And so that's a really powerful thing to be able to do. So we're not so worried about necessarily the size of the business. Um, So we do work with lots of different sizes. But I think what we did want to make sure is that we had it available at all sorts of different price points as well. Um, And so we've been thinking about doing um, an online course for a little while. But obviously, um, while we were running around on planes all the time, we didn't quite have enough time to do that. But once we sort of were kind of grounded, (laughs) we were able to, to get this course up and running. And so... 
Um, this is our first, so Next Evolution Performance is our company. We've now developed Next Evolution Energy, which is our online training platform. So we're going to be putting more courses on this, but our first course that we were able to release thanks to COVID um, is the neuroscience of getting more done. So not so much around the mindset piece and all that and the accountability and da, 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 that's a separate thing. And, and, and accountability has really been a big flavor of a lot of the work that we're doing in terms of either one-to-one coaching with business leaders or group coaching and workshops and teams. And we've been doing all of that on Zoom. So um, a lot of advisors have actually been taking the chance to, to do it while they're not having to pay my travel fees. So, <laughs> so that's been quite good. Um, and so, uh, you know, we can do that. Um, we can do that as well. But the course has been something where we kind of been wanting it for a while because um, people who we've been working with, as they put on new staff, they kind of want an easy way to bring people up to speed or have part of their induction program. Um, or we get smaller business leaders who just want to make a start. They want to dip their toe in the water and they're like, oh, like, this is interesting. I think it's got some legs. I just kind of want to try it at a, at a pretty easy sort of price point to start with. And so the first course that we've done is really that foundation of, you know what, a lot of the stress goes away if we can just get more done in less time with less effort. So let's really maximize those four hours, four to six hours of heavy cognitive energy a day. And let's make sure that we're managing energy credits. Let's understand energy credits. Let's understand where energy comes from. It's your currency, how to use it, um, how to get more of it, um, how to structure your days, your weeks, your months, and your years for that performance piece so that you are sustained with your energy and you're not running out of it at inopportune times. Yeah, I love I love the idea of getting more done. <laughs> I don't think anybody <laughs> I don't think anyone can argue with the fact that uh, that would be a good thing, right? Getting more done than what they're able to do at the moment. Um, do you want to take exactly. us through the, the different modules that you've got? Because there's sort of a whole lot of different modules within the course, and they all sort of cover different aspects. Um, do you want to sort of maybe let's start yeah. with module one and let's just just quickly go through what's in it. Yeah, sure, no problems. So uh, it's actually eight modules um, and we deliver it over a course of six weeks. It, it's only about 10 to 15 minutes of video each week to watch. But what it does do is we give you, say, worksheets and templates and things like that that you can then work out, well, how am I going to apply that theory? Because no two brains are the same. So we can't say everyone should get up at this time and everyone should work on this at that time. Like it doesn't work. We need to kind of find our flow as to what works best for us. So it's only about say 10 to 15 minutes of, of film to watch each each week um, and then maybe spend say another half an hour 45 minutes just giving some thought to how you're going to apply that and then apply that for the week and then we we keep building on that so that you can just implement that over the course of, of six weeks so the first couple of modules are delivered up front and then it's six weeks. So um, so the first module is, you know, where are you now and what is it that you want to achieve? If you don't know where you're going and, and why you want to be able to get more done in less time, then, you know, you don't really have a roadmap. Classic, so. <laughs> classic goal setting. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, what would you do if you had extra hours in the day? What would that mean to you? What would that mean to people around you? So it's getting the foundation set up. And then in module two, we go straight into this concept of energy credits. We need to get rid of this time management concept. Anyone who's still trying to manage time, it's, it's you're already behind the eight ball. Stop. 
doing that. All right. It, it's, it, it's not about managing time. It's about making sure that we've got this energy piece that we can really work with. So it's understanding energy and it's understanding the neuroscience of stress and how does stress fit in with all of that. And then um, module three, we go Actually, into... Before um, we go to module three, right, sorry yeah. to cut you off. Sure. Um, I just want to go on this time thing because I'm also a big fan of um, the idea of... Uh, you know, forgetting about time. Time puts a this really strange pressure on us. Um, yeah. And sure, we still have diaries and there's times in the diary when we're, you know, meeting people. Uh, so we sort of do have to have that a little bit. But but let's go that a little bit quick deeper on that time scenario, not putting that additional pressure on yourself um, with time. Yeah. So if, if you've left something and say you've got like a three-hour task to do, and you've left it right until the last minute, that three-hour task is going to take way more energy credits than it will if you had have maybe done that over the course of a few days and broken it down. Um, so firstly, it'll take way more energy credits. You'll feel spent at the end of it, which means, you know, you won't be able to do much after that. In addition to that, you'll probably make more mistakes and it will probably actually take longer than three hours. So you don't have the luxury of going, my brain's in a great zone now, I'll do it now. Yeah. It's like my brain's not in a great zone. I have to get it done anyway. And it takes longer. There's more mistakes. There's more frustration and a lot more cognitive energy is spent. So when we can manage the diary somewhere between four to six weeks in advance, it can be, it can take a lot of pressure off over everyone else as well. And, and we encourage everyone in the business to be planning their diaries up front in advance. You need to have a good understanding as to what you're working on and how long it takes to prepare things. I'm working with a practice at the moment where it's like, you have to do the math. You know, you can't just, if, 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 if advisors give out, say, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And people say, yes, yes, yes. They're like, well, where are they going to do that? We either need to reprioritize. And then the advisors get angry because things aren't getting done. And, you know, next yes. thing you know, we've got World War Three, and the client's coming in in three minutes and everyone's at each other. So, and, and all of that could totally be avoided by understanding the maths of how long things are supposed to take at the time that you should be doing it and organizing on that time. And so when we sort of, when we bring some of these tools together, um, you know, we talk about this idea of energy versus urgency. It's like if you're doing things because they're urgent, like right now, um, it's just a recipe for disaster for the whole practice. So it's helping everyone in the business to get this workflow sorted so that things just get done effortlessly in these shorter periods that people know where things are and know where things are at and know where everything's coming. So Excellent. Yeah. So uh, leaving things to the last minute is essentially a negative compound interest calculation. Yeah, generally speaking, I mean, the, the only thing to it is that it does put the brain in a certain level of, of good stress um, if you know that, yep, I can get it done and away I go. But once you go into that ability of saying, you know what, I'm actually now, um, you go into bad stress and bad stress is caused when you're uh, overestimating the, the problem or what needs to be done and underestimating your ability to deal with that and to get it done. So we always kind of know it's like, oh my God, I got like three hours to do this, like four hour task and da, da, da. And then you spend more energy credits giving energy to the fact that I'm now stressing because I don't think I can get this done as opposed to just getting it done. Excellent. So we're very much into, you know, set, get yourself into that performance zone as you do 
that course. Like I'm doing my master's at the moment. I've had to find an extra 20 to 30 hours a week on top of my full-time job to get um, to get through this master's. And it's the same thing. Like I, we've got assignments that are due and it might look like I've got six weeks to do it. But when you look at what's involved, you do not want to be leaving that to the last minute because that's never going to end well. So I need to say, okay, I need to get this done by here. I need to get this done by here. I need to get this done by here and have these little milestones. So it's like breaking it down into like these little mini tasks and mini deadlines. So it's enough to get myself in the right stress zone that I need to get an hour's worth of work done in 55 minutes instead of an hour's worth of work done in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like the idea of mini, mini, um, no, I actually like to prefer the call them milestones rather than like deadlines because then you can yeah. say it's more of an achievement than a than a, a must have. But I like this idea of good stress and bad stress in the way that we can open up and talk about it. And and good stress is just that little bit of motivation, if you like, something that gives you keeps you motivated and uh, more of a towards um, motivation scenario rather than um, rather than. Uh, you know, the bad stress, which obviously clouds your thinking. Correct. Good stress is a great way to um, to maximize your hours of power. We call those four to six um, hours, those hours of power. So if you can put yourself in the good stress zone during those even, say, four hours a day, um, you will crush through more in less time with less effort. Yeah, fantastic. Now, that takes us to module three when we start talking about structure. Yeah, so we do what we call um, sports training principles and periodization techniques. So it's how do we start to structure our days, weeks, months and years according to this heavy use of cognitive energy versus this light use of cognitive energy versus this medium use of cognitive energy so that we kind of like train our train our brain like athletes. Um, and so we can do that over the course of the longer term. Um, and then the next module talks about the day-to-day periodization. So how do we do this over the course of days and weeks to maximize our cognitive energy to get more done so I mean think about it even for a business say you've got a say you've got a financial planning practice and they've got um even say five staff you know five staff ten staff whatever imagine what it would mean for your business if every single person in the business was able to get through two more effective hours of work each day okay even for a staff of five that's a collective extra 10 hours a day of effective time. That's an extra salary more so that you're saving by making sure that people know these tools. So, you know, by all means, if you want to go and go and pay an extra 80 to a hundred thousand for an extra person, knock yourself out. But um, I don't know. I, hey, I got a finance degree as well. I don't think that that's great economics. <laughs> Do the math. Do the math. Do the math. Yeah. <laughs> I love the math. I love the science. Let's like, put it all together. <laughs> yeah. And part of this, because you mentioned before, you sort of, this, the, you know, the first two modules come out, but then over the next six weeks, you sort of drip feed them week by week. Um, and this this is very much around this too as well, isn't it? It's like getting just getting one thing at a time. Just do that one thing. I like the idea when I do a course like this to just um, you, you mentioned those sort of fifteen twenty minutes or ten fifteen minutes of of, of um, to watch the videos and to start getting your head around it. Uh, is that something that you would probably do every day? Like you would you would create some energy credits for you know a time of the day where you actually just repeat that same video a few times. Yeah, absolutely. Some people can certainly learn. Um, you, can, you can always see something a bit extra the, the second and third time. So we certainly encourage people to do that. Um, we also just encourage people on a daily basis just to give a few energy credits to, okay, how am I applying this today? And 
The good thing about it is we're teaching you how to tap into how your brain's naturally built to function. We're not trying to get you to do something that it's not comfortable to do. All we need to do is to teach you how to tap into how your brain's built to function, and then you're going to want to do more of it because it feels good. So whether it's structuring your days according to that cognitive energy, um, module six, we talk about a concept called personal pace, and we, we give you a pace indicator to do as part of the course so that we can measure your work pace versus your natural pace and think about that in terms of like natural attention span. So not everybody should be focusing for long periods of time. Um, some people should be, some people shouldn't be. And so as a leader, if you can really help all your team to implement all of these tools, um, it's going to feel easier for them as well. And so not only are they going to get more done and it's going to be great for the bottom line, it's like they're just going to feel better and they're not going to, you know, come to work tired and exhausted and therefore perpetuate some of the negative behaviour that happens when people are feeling tired and exhausted. So, um, yeah, so if we can get that into action and just kind of do this at a bit of a daily basis. And for some groups we're working with, it's like we say, okay, well, here's the course. Um, some people, we actually just run this as a workshop. So we go, okay, let's do an interactive workshop. That's no problem. Um, depending on the size of the business, um, you know, depending on how many people you've got, uh, we might do that workshop together face-to-face. Other people will go, you know what, we actually kind of want to do a bit of self-paced. Um, let's do the course. And then we might, like I might come in and do group coaching sessions. So it's like you've done this part of the course. How's everyone going with implementing it? Let's have more of a coaching facilitation discussion around that. Um, so it's like, right, this is, I'm assuming you've got this knowledge. You get the foundation right, now, knowledge from the course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now what do we do to play with it? So there's, there's different ways that people can can implement this, but, um, uh, but it really, you know, we've got options for all price points and it's really a matter of just making sure that, I mean, we just want people to be aware of this, like, like you know, our, our, our purpose at Next Evolution Performance, and I think my purpose you know, personally and, and why we're doing this is when I worked in corporate, I just saw so many people spinning their wheels. Yeah. There are a lot of people really busy. There are a lot of people exhausted. There are a lot of people getting burnt. I mean, exhaustion is one thing, but, but what that can happen to you physically and mentally, you know, higher incidences of cancers and mental health problems. And I'm like, these are all so avoidable and so it's so important that we do this just because we want to create a good environment where people can be at their best you know people if you are at your best always that's good for bottom line but you know I think it's also nice to do it just because it's nice to work with people who are at their best always (laughs) that's a it's a nice environment to create as well but um you know whether whether you want to do it from the from the math side of things and the return on investment that's great but it also just feels good yeah I'm just that's exactly right you know nothing like coming to work and everybody's enjoying their day and 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 happy to be there and and and, you know want to be engaged and, and and part of it and create you know that's the sort of environment you want to be in so, so we could just quickly run through the rest of that course. Module five was really around the idea around energy versus urgency. Yeah. So people who are doing the next most urgent thing on their to-do list, again, that needs to stop. That is a the fastest way to drain energy credits, um, to take longer than it's meant to take, to decrease productivity and to probably increase mistakes. So we need to, you know, we've usually got quite a few things that need to be done, but if you're working on something when it's really urgent and that deadline has been imposed on you, you've taken control away. 
when you are in control of the deadline because you've set yourself these little mini goals and mini milestones and give yourself rewards in the process for getting those, um, you get it done in less time with less effort and ahead of the curve. So, you know, there is nothing worse than having that imposed deadline. Um, it just it just basically robs you of your optimal brain function. So, again, back to your bottom line and it doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. And, again, if you're using the word deadline, please change it to milestone. I think it yes. – <laughs> that's just me, you know. Um, Trying to be positive. Uh, Number six, personal pace. You mentioned sort of that, just making sure that you um, you understand your own pace. Yeah, that's right. So different people are, are designed to to concentrate for certain periods of time. And again, it's not an exact, you know, certain amount of minutes. It's more of a bit of a guide because it also depends on your level of interest in the task. It depends on, um, you know, whether you find it heavy or a light use of energy drain, all of these kind of things. So um, so it's just to be a guide. But if you've yeah. got a short attention span, uh, you're going to love this because we're going to teach you to embrace it, which is probably different to what all of your teachers and all of your parents told you as you were growing up. Yeah, so I, I love this part. The attention span, I was talking to a guy, um, a man of mine who, you know, said he had ADHD and he says, I'm excellent when I've got lots of things to do and they're just short and sharp and we do blah, 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 and then we move on. And he said, I'm, I'm so good, but if one thing is a long, drawn-out task, just hopeless, no good, can't, can't sit there and do it. Exactly. And so you can have two people doing exactly the same job who should go about it in two completely different ways. Yeah, wonderful. And yeah. as a leader, yeah, as a leader, if you can bring that out in people, yes. it's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, module seven, uh, just context. Mm, yeah, so we sort of touched on that kind of at the start of things when we we're talking about energy yeah. credits and yeah. making sure that you're giving energy credits to the things that matter to you at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we see a lot of people, um, I call it, I wrote a blog on this a little while ago, shooting themselves. And there's a lot of people saying, oh, I should do this and I should do that and I should do something else. That's taking energy credits. Either get it off the to-do list and go, you know what, not that big a deal if it doesn't get done or park it and go, okay, that's useful, but that's going to be an August project or a, you know, later in the year project. You know, we've got sort of things like that at the moment. I've got a certain amount of energy credits that I have obviously for, for work. I've got a certain amount of energy credits that I need to give to study. Um, if I'm taking a study break at the time, then that's when we got our, our course done. But I said to Alex, my business partner, I'm like, okay, context, I'm not studying this module. We've got three months. If we're going to do this online course, we're going to get it done in three months because after that, I will not be giving energy credits to this because then I'm back doing my research modules so um and then now in terms of like you know putting more content on there it's like my masters will finish in june all being well um and then i have energy credits to spend so i'm not shooting anything it's like i I, it's either parked for later (laughs) or it's crossed off the list because it's not part of not part of context for what i'm focusing on and it just becomes a really easy and clinical way to work out is it on the to-do list or isn't it if it's not no more energy credits required. Um, and again, it's just a great way to save energy credits and maximize your cognitive energy on the things that you that matter to you at, the, at that time. Yes, yeah, shuddering. Got to make sure we, we get that uh, pronunciation correct. Shuddering. Um, <laughs> exactly right. You know, it's certainly a good way of finding out what was actually more important to you in your priorities list uh, when you look back in time and think, well, shuddering, should have done this, should have done that, but it didn't, so it wasn't high enough. 
now then, mm. Module 8, of course, uh, is really just uh, with any sort of course. It's sort of trying to bring it all together and make it, um, make it uh, you know, applicable to each individual. Mm. Yeah, so we, we kind of like, you know, wrap it all up. But I think the other thing as well is it's like it's not just necessarily like, yes, it might be the end of the course, but it's kind of still the start of the journey. So everything that we do in terms of this neuroscience of getting more done it becomes an evolution. So your life's going to change. Your work priorities are going to change. Your business is going to change. Sometimes you'll have more staff. Sometimes you'll have less staff. Um, your focus is going to change. And so, therefore, you know, you'll need to apply this differently. So we encourage a lot of our, um, our one-to-one clients to be reviewing this on a quarterly basis. Let's go back to what's heavy, medium and light. Let's go back to your context. What's on the to-do list? What times of the day are we good for doing certain tasks? Because if you switch up your tasks, like I mean, I find even with my study, I've got certain aspects of my study um, which are quite heavy. I have to read through like academic papers, um, all based on neuroscience, which quite frankly, some of them have got more Greek letters than they do English letters. Um, I can't do that at certain times of the day. I have to make sure that it's scheduled to do that at other times of the day. But then I've got other things and I'm just going through like concepts, which I actually find quite light in, in my master's. So, um, so it's a matter of literally getting really granular on every aspect of this and constantly revisiting it. So hopefully the course gives you the great foundations to be able to do that, but it is something as life changes, as work changes, as study changes. You know, I could probably do a whole thing on just fitting in part-time study um, on the side at the moment and how to maximise cognitive energy for that um, because it really is something that it, it ebbs and flows and it's not static. It's not static. We need to make sure that we're doing this on a constant basis. Yeah, fantastic. I like the idea that this is not a diet. It's a it's a new way of life. It's a new lifestyle. It's a new uh, way of, of, you know, being mentally fit, if you like. Uh, Vanessa, yeah. thanks so much for hanging out and chatting with us today. Uh, how can people get hold of you or get hold of the course if they want to uh, look at that? Um, what's the best way to find you, reach out? Um, and I would also encourage if people have got any comments or or questions that they can jump on the XY channel, uh, look for the podcast channel and post some questions in there if you've got any questions. But how can people get hold of you and how can people get hold of the course? Sure. Yeah. Any questions? Definitely. Would love to hear them. Um, so more than happy to, to take some time to answer those um, in future. Uh, and so as far as the, the course goes, so we've got nextevolutionperformance.com. That will give you a lot of background around our, I guess, kind of our philosophy around high performance as well. And that's got all of our contact details there and all that kind of thing. Um, there will be also a link at the top of that that you can click on and that will take you to our online training platform which is nextevolutionenergy.com so nextevolutionperformance.com or nextevolutionenergy.com they'll still they they talk to each other Um, and then the course is on there so if it is something where you're interested in the course just to kind of dip your toe in the water it's a great way to kind of experience this you know you don't even have to implement this to the nth degree if we can give you an extra an extra 20 energy credits a day that's a great start you know start the journey and 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 away you go so that can be a good place to start now the course um at the moment we're doing it so that uh the course if you want the course only, that's 450 US dollars. We are selling this overseas, so we needed to have a common currency. 
Um, so it's 450 US dollars if you want to get a highly discounted um, rate of accessing a one-to-one -one coaching session, which goes for 60 minutes with that, um, then that's for 900 if you buy it as a package. Um, so you've got two options there. Now, I would also love to do an extra discount for the first 100 people who have listened to this podcast and happy to go online with the code. Um, if you use the code XY100, so all uppercase, XY100 being the, being the numbers, 100, uh, you can use that code and we would love to give you uh, $100 US off that uh, that course option. So that takes it down to 350 US dollars for that course. So just to understand that, you know, what would it mean to you to have an extra few hours of effective time in your day, every day, even just for you, let alone for all of your staff? So that's one way to sort of jump in and have a look. If you just want to have a have a chat or a consultation, um, please contact me directly on the Next Evolution Performance website and uh, and I'm more than comfortable to have a 15-minute consultation just to see if we can help you, just to give um, just to give you different options that might be available depending on your price points and things like that, depending on um, your outcomes that you really want to achieve from this idea of high performance. More than happy to have a 15-minute consultation with anyone as well. That's completely complimentary. If we don't do business together, that's not no hard feelings whatsoever. Um, and if we can point you in the right direction, you know, that's a good start as well. So that's probably the easiest way to, to contact us. Fantastic. Thank you, Vanessa. And so just uh, just a quick call out. That's for the first 100 uh, people who uh, use that code. If you are uh, listening to this podcast in, you know, um, down somewhere down the track and that may or may not be expired, but see, give it a go anyway. Uh, and I would also like to say uh, good luck with your study. I hope it all goes well and, uh, and you um, pass with flying colours and um, can come back and, and, and give us some more, even some more in-depth information about uh, this neuroplasticity, this neuroscience piece that we all love. So thanks so yes. much for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm at the pointy end now, so I'm getting there. It has been a lot of work. They take it very seriously at King's College London. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it's been one of my teaching fellows that I was speaking with just recently. They said, oh, yeah, this is a really hard master's. I'm like, oh, thanks. That might have been. <laughs> that might have been some good information before I started. Good to know earlier, but all good. But, no, it's been amazing, and um, I'm hoping to actually do my dissertation more around the neuroplasticity side of things as well. So I'm actually – I'm a little freaked out, but mostly excited. So I'm channeling into the excitement part. <laughs> Brilliant. Good idea. Thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> Thanks so much, Fraser. Well, there you have it. A, another episode of the XY Advisor podcast. Uh, I'm Fraser Jack, and I'm here with Emily Blanche to give a bit of a shout out. Thanks, Fraser. Quick shout out to XY Advisor Daniel Milne and his team at Finwell Group in Melbourne. They reached out. They uh, reached out and said they were looking to find a gun, a go-getter power planner to join their team. And thanks to some work via the XY Jobs Board, a connection was made, and they reached out to tell me that they had found the perfect fit and couldn't be happier for them. So it's onwards and upwards to see connections made through the community is is truly super valuable. So well done, guys. 
Hey, and a big congratulations to, to you on that one too, Emma, because that's a pretty special moment when you can, can join some people, you know, on the on their jobs board and, and help some new careers start. Oh, definitely. To allow people to filter those connections and find great talent is an amazing part of what I do. And Daniel's example is just one of many. Like this happens quite regularly. So expect some more shout outs to come. Brilliant. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for being involved. Thanks for reaching out. And we will see you all in the next episode.